This is episode 169 of Bella in Your Business. Does creating graphics and videos for your business just want to make you bang your head against the wall? Or maybe you actually really like doing it, but just by the end of the day, you have no more creative juices in your brain or just seem to always be running out of time. Well, I've got a solution for you today because for a very select few of my clients every month, I give them Instagram stories, graphics that come with captions, square videos to post on their social media, cover videos every month for their Facebook page, video outlines so they know what to say or what to write in a blog, two emails to send to their clients, a content calendar showing them exactly when to post it all, and group and private coaching sessions. This program is called Better Marketing with Bella and has been proven to help so many pet businesses. Fill out an application at jumpconsulting.net forward slash bella-marketing. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash bella-marketing. Hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, and today I've got a special guest for you. Her name is Annette McDonald, and she is the founder of Easel, an online DIY graphic design solution for brands and teams. And she's a leading design, print, and digital agency located in the Gold Coast, that's Australia down under. And she's had over 20 years of proven experience in the advertising, graphic, and print industry. Annette, welcome to the show. Hey, Bella. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here because I think it's really important to talk about what kind of works and what doesn't work with design. Because I think these days with all of this DIY stuff out there, like Easel or some of the other software programs, we all kind of feel like we are designers ourselves. But oftentimes what happens is we mess it up. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the truth. Yeah. So when we're trying to create these designs, mostly it's for our brand and our business. So can you touch on how important is the design elements in our business, whether it be print or on the web or on social? What does the quality of our designs say about our business and the trust that people can have in us. So each of those elements going from social media to digital marketing through to print, they're all important and they're all building layers on your business and building that trust step by step. So whilst there's some differences in how you may portray yourself on social, which may be a little bit more lighthearted compared to a print brochure, it's still very important to make sure that all of those elements are consistent and consistently growing your brand through your colours, your brand fonts, your use of imagery, and just your brand personality showing through all the time. Maybe different, like I said, on social where you're a little bit more lighthearted and a little bit more social, of course, and that voice is lighter, but they still need to be very consistent. So it's important to get a brand style guide in place, a voice guide in place, and always pull that together. Tell me more about that. What is a brand style guide and a voice style guide? I don't know if many of us have those. So break it down for us. 
Yeah, sure. So a brand style guide is more of your visual style guide. So it's your visual assets that you're using in your graphics and your DIY tools. Or even when you're working with a graphic designer or an outside agency, where you want to supply them with how you want things to appear each and every time. So it's a guide that has your colors, which may be three to six colors that you consistently use on your brand, on your graphics. It's your fonts, which might be two or three fonts that you're always using. It's your selection of brand imagery, which may be photos of yourself or your product. And it's also your logos, of course. So you'll have all your different variations of those. And then there is an extra part to that on how you use all of those. So it may be where you position your logo so it's always consistent so you don't have one mic that's got it in the top left corner and another one that's got it down the bottom in the centre and it just starts look, looking haphazard straight away. So it's a guide that just gives anyone the starting point to pull together a brand as you want it to appear every time. Now, the voice style guide is more of the personality, you know, how you want the verbal side, how that how the written word appears in your guide. So you also want to give that to anyone that you're working with, perhaps your employees as well, your team, so that when they're talking about your brand, it's always consistent as well. You don't want to have a serious feel if you're a light-hearted, fun sort of product and vice versa. So I think it's important to make sure that you at least start putting that together You'll need to revise it over time, but it's very important to have something when you're working with other people to tell them how you want to appear. That makes a lot of sense, Annette, because, you know, different colors, you know, you can't just say it's like, say, pink and blue. There's a certain shade. And if we just go try to, like, pick it out of a color wheel with our own eye, it might show up differently on different mediums, right? So it just helps with that consistency of the brand. I love how you talked about voice too, because I know that there's some brands out there in our industry, for example, they'll never say perfect. They'll always say perfect with like three R's, you know? I want our listeners to really soak that in and understand that these little things is what makes up the big thing, your brand's. So I want to continue on, Annette. This is amazing, by the way. I'm so glad that you're here. So what kind of emotions can we evoke from our viewers and how important is it to evoke some sort of an emotion in our designs, on our website, on our social, on just anything that we do? Absolutely. So we're learning more and more now these days as compared to when I started 20 years ago, that it's really important to have that human connection So emotions are very important and you really do need to work out how you're going to portray that for your own industry. And obviously with a lot of your viewers, we're talking about pet sitters and the pet industry and that's, you know, that's a really close to your heart sort of subject. So you want to make sure that you have that caring or compassionate feeling in any type of communication as opposed to something that's, you know, a professional industry where you won't have that same sort of voice and edge and personal feel you may still obviously have some sort of personal corporate feel as well. I think what you're saying is that, you know, it's okay to be professional and corporate. However, it's also important to show these natural emotions because it's kind of what we're selling. We're selling trust, security, and peace of mind. And when we can show up professionally, but yet warmly, we're, we're really lucky because we're not selling mm-hmm. software and we're not selling widgets. We're selling that connection with their pets So I see a lot of, and you might see this too, Annette, do you see a lot of other industries using pets 
in their marketing when they have nothing to do with pets? Totally, totally. Actually, funny you say that. One of my good friends has opened up a pet influencer agency over here in Australia, and it is doing phenomenally with all sorts of industries. I mean, anything from healthcare to, you know, any sorts of businesses are bringing those pets in, and everyone loves scrolling through social media and commenting on pets. I mean... I can say that I probably like pets more than people. So (laughs) they're more interesting, you know, they're not trying to sell you anything. It's just funny. It's a lighthearted meme and it's really fun to look at. And you start building that connection with those brands. So, yeah, I do see it a lot, actually. Yeah, I always giggle when I see like a dog photoshopped into a picture of like, you know, say a plumbing company or, I mean, it makes sense on a carpet cleaning company mortgage companies, real estate companies, you know, they just throw in that dog or cat for that extra like awe factor. I feel like we're really lucky to have that in our industry. Now, as much as people can use it for the good, can you talk to me a little bit about how the lack of professional or balanced or uncluttered graphics can also have the reverse effect? They could also maybe I went out there and I thought they looked pretty and my mom thought they looked pretty, Mm -hmm. but it ends up cheapening the value of my company because of the way it makes you feel like, do you ever encounter that or see that online as a designer with this amazing designing eye that you have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, less is more in terms of graphic design and keeping that message clear and concise is really important. That comes down to the design elements and, just making sure that you're, it's almost like Coco Chanel, you know, putting your design in there and at the last minute taking one of those elements or one of those pieces over your outfit off and going, that's it. There's always a limit to how much you want to put in. And look, having worked with clients for a long time, they're always like, oh, I'm going to miss this. What about this? And they're trying to put everything in every single post or every single brochure. And you just can't do that. You need to get your main message across, try and convey that emotion, get that connection and then build across those multiple touch points because you're just not going to get everything into that one graphic. And, of course, when we're talking about social media, we've got a graphic, we want to capture attention, and then you've got a caption anyway, and that's where you can elaborate with your brand voice and start talking to your audience. You don't need to jam every little element into that design graphic and just make it look cluttered. Clutter makes anyone feel uncomfortable. I mean, clutter on your desk. Clutter on a graphic. It's all the same. Clutter in your home. No one wants that. This is so so valuable. And I love what you're saying because it's like, honestly, the first time in 170 plus episodes, we've actually talked about this very thing. So it's very interesting what you're saying. And it makes sense when we think about it. Like you're saying, like, we don't like clutter. And interestingly enough, I think Facebook's been trying to teach us this because only 20% can be text if we want to put an advertisement out there. That's what I'm thinking about as you're saying that. And the other thing that was really valuable was you said that you're not trying to make all the touch points in that one graphic. That's also what the caption's for. That's what your relationship is for. That graphic is meant to capture their attention real quick and give you permission to keep going with those other touch points, huh? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. You guys, I hope that your like juices are flowing. And I imagine our listeners right now are like, oh yeah. Like, because I think we all kind of subconsciously know this, but to bring it to the conscious and really think about it is a whole nother thing. We sometimes don't understand why things work or they don't work or why they stand out. We just remember how we feel how they made us feel and not necessarily what they said. 
So I think emotion in graphics is really important. So how can we use design in our business to make a positive impact? This could be from our website, you know, how we design our website, how we design the different follow-ups in our user experience, maybe, or our pattern that we have. It could be on social media. I don't know. It could be on print, maybe, or brochures. Talk to me a little bit about how we can use the design to its advantage in our business to make that positive impact where people kind of like Apple, Apple's so simple, right? And we look at Apple and we're like, because oh, we just know it's not going to be complicated, right? And it's from their design. Yes. How does that happen? Those brands like Apple, the simplest brands are the hardest to achieve, as you can imagine. It's so easy to put that clutter in, but to get a really simple, concise message and that look and feel that really gives you that trust is really difficult. And it does actually take a professional to do. Whilst I've got a DIY tool, I wouldn't recommend that most people try and pull together a whole brand for a large company themselves. I still think you need to go to a professional to do that. So you need to go back to how you want those people to feel when they're coming to your website. What is that emotion that you're trying to convey? Really nut that down, write it down, write down what those words are. What are you trying to get them to feel and think after they leave? Don't try and be selling them. It's that message that they leave with at each touch point that's building on their experience with you and giving them a reason to want to work with you. It's all about working with you. It's not just your product or whatever it is. It's really being part of that brand and that's what Apple is. You know, you don't care if it's an iPad or some other brand tablet. It's the whole, you know, I like this cool brand. It's the whole experience. of going, Yeah, the community, the support, the store layout, everything, the online experience, the follow-up. It's building all of that stuff together, touch point by touch point, and making sure that you're reviewing that and making sure that your clients and your visitors to your website are feeling that when they leave. It doesn't mean they have to buy that time, but are they actually feeling what you want them to feel each time they visit your site or your social media or pick up a brochure or visit your store? It's all just adding on to that experience. I love it. You are so good. I want to ask you about like, what do you think makes a good design? And I don't mean to be beating it over the head. You had referred to Coco Chanel earlier, which I love for those men who are listening who might not, or even ladies, I didn't know this for a couple of years. Coco has this, maybe you know the exact phrase, but it's basically about like putting on all your jewelry and your gems, but taking one thing off before you leave so that it isn't too cluttered. So what makes like a good like, let's just say we're going to design a graphic. Let's let's pretend we're going to design a graphic for social media. And maybe I have like a really big, large font. And then I've got another font down here and bottom corner. And then some more text over here and a picture on top of a picture with a <laughs> with different colors and a border and maybe an emoji thrown in there. Like, how do I know when's too much? And what's this whole like balancing a picture thing about? Can you? Try to describe that first. I know it's a little hard auditorily, but what is that all about? And how do I know when it's too much? Well, we've actually got something that we call the seven deadly DIY sins. Oh, do tell. Rather than telling you what to do, I'm going to tell you what not to do. (laughs) So starting with the first, we've got font envy. So what that is is a couple of things. One of them is seeing another brand, seeing those fonts and thinking they will fit you. 
that you like them. So you envy those fonts, you take them for yourself and you use them. Well, that's not the right approach. You need to find the right fonts for your brand and develop that properly. And that would be the brand guide you were talking about, right? That's right. That's right. And maybe that's working with a graphic designer to actually pull that together in the first place. It can be tricky. Working with fonts is difficult. You need to do font matching and they need to give you that personality and that feel and that emotion. And fonts do have emotions. It's really important to know. So with the font MV, we say don't use more than three fonts. If you're creating a graphic, keep it simple, two or three max. So once you've got that brand style guide, make sure you're just using three. Any more than that and you start feeling cluttered, your brain starts feeling confused, you don't know what the brand voice is and really there's no reason why you should be using more than that. It's just it creates more work for yourself as well. So following on from on MV, we've got spacing greed and that's where we're talking about cramping things in as well. So don't cramp your own style. Keep some breathing space around those elements white space or space in general you know we call it white space but it can be any color it's just space around your elements space to breathe make sure that you keep space in your designs third one is sizing slot so don't be lazy with sizing remember that you can resize designs for the right application so for example if you create a post for Pinterest you wouldn't use that on Twitter you know they're different orientations and make sure they're using graphics for the right application and that means going back and resizing leaving that space around your graphics for each different application and not just being lazy and shoving them in wherever you feel it's appropriate when that's not actually right. The next one, the fourth one, is colour gluttony. So don't overindulge in colours. Ah, so again, that brand guide. We keep coming back to that brand guide. You guys, if you're listening right now and you don't actually have a brand guide, you could hand over to a designer when they say, what colours and fonts should I use? Consider getting that. That is a good design Bible for your company. Because to Annette's point here, we keep coming back to it. And that's what keeps you consistent. Go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. You can't escape the brand guideline. No, not at all. Let's discuss. (laughs) So don't overindulge in the colors. You know, don't drown us in color or don't don't drown your audience with those colors. Keep it consistent. And again, keep layering on your brand and building along with every graphic that you produce. So keeping it simple with a color palette will make it easier for you when you're producing those graphics as well. You don't want to be there going, what color will I use today? You know, it'll take you more time. Having the colors there and using them consistently will make you more efficient. So the next one is filter lust. You know, to filter or not to filter, you don't need to be filtering every image. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're a little bit beyond that now. You know, even in our Instagram feeds, people are wanting to see the more, you know, the real us. So don't feel that you need to filter to you know, putting like a millennial pink on everything or, you know, if that's not you, don't do what the other people are doing just because you think that's what the popular thing is. Definitely use filters if it's consistent for your brand, but don't use one for the sake of using a filter. This is probably my favourite. So drop shadow rough. So don't use drop shadows on everything. (laughs) It's uh, something that was happening for a while, a long time back, and we've got a drop shadow functionality in our tool and people love it, but I say to use it with caution. You know, use it lightly and use it on headings or just a slight drop shadow on a graphic when you need it. It's not so much of a brand style guide, but 
this is a, you know, a big don't. <laughs> I'm going to make a little joke here. I'm going to say it's kind of like using too much bronzer, ladies. We don't it's, want to shadow our whole face. <laughs> Only drop shadows. On the <laughs> <stones>. <laughs> That's exactly right. Keep it light and like Coco Chanel. If it looks too much, take it off. <laughs> to enhance and highlight. I love it. And the final DIY deadly sin is proofreading pride. So don't be too proud to proofread you know if you don't you will have a mistake and you know in this day and age when we're producing graphics every day it's different to how it was years ago where you know we would have a copywriter and then we would have a designer and then we would have somebody else be the proofreader we don't have that luxury anymore we're doing it all ourselves but we're becoming lazy you know so we look over something and we post and we don't proofread and it's not so bad if it's in a caption but if it's in your graphic it's pretty bad. I mean, you should really take the time to look over a graphic before you post it and write a caption. That's yeah. my opinion anyway. So. That's such a good, good, good tip. And that's somewhere where I personally fail a lot of the time, which is why I don't make the graphics for Better Marketing with Bella. And I have a lovely designer do that for us. But I will tell you about that in a minute. I have one last question for you before we get into that it's a perfect segue with what you just said, because I think a lot of us, we were used to the whole print design kind of thing. And web design is so much different. And like you're saying, we could make it on our phone almost, you know, and it's very different than going to a designer. So is there anything in particular that would be different about the way you design something for print rather than to stop the scroll? Yeah, look, something that's happening in print at the moment in regards to trends is really focusing on smaller runs of bespoke pieces. So what we're seeing is people are putting more money into smaller amounts of collateral, whether that be a business card or a small run of brochures so that they're more niched, they're more specialised. And because they're smaller run, people are actually spending more money on special print techniques. So you'll probably see that you're getting nicer business cards. Like you may not collect as many business cards that you used to, but they're really nice. You know, they have a beautiful soft velvety lemonade on them and you really want to touch them. They're really tactile. So because we're sort of lacking in those experiences compared to what we did a few years ago, when we're getting them, people are standing out with handing over a business card that really makes someone feel what their brand is as well. So, you know, maybe the pet industry where it's, you pick it up and you're like, oh, it's really nice and soft. It's just, you know, it's just like petting my dog, <laughs> you know, and putting more effort into those smaller pieces. So designing for that different type of collateral does take a little bit more experience as well compared to designing a graphic because there are different printing techniques that need to be known and, you know, there could be things like cutting to a different shape, like for your business card or your flyer or something like that. People really are trying to stand out with that. And as you go to trade shows and things like that or conventions, you'll start to see that they're really different. You're not getting so much of your flyer that's a standard size. You know, we've got deals and A5s over here, different sizes for you guys over there. But those standard sort of brochures are getting stepped up in what they are, like the smaller runs, better quality and Designing for them really needs a little bit more thought than a social media graphic. Obviously, still applying all of those things from your brand principles in your brand style guide, um, but because it's a permanent piece of collateral and going through printing techniques, it 
does need a little bit more expertise to it. And proofreading. I know that I said that was the last question. I just thought of one more that I really want to drive home this point. We had mentioned it at the beginning and you were saying so many good things that I forgot to bring it up again, but it was about logos and you said different size of logos. What is your feeling about not having just a standard, let's say, logo that fits in a square, but also a logo that fits in a rectangle that you know you can use at the top left corner of a website and maybe rearrange it to be at the bottom right corner of a graphic or something. Can you talk to me about giving people the freedom to have a logo that you can kind of manipulate a little bit? It doesn't always have to be in the same exact arrangement. So I would say rather than rearranging your actual logo, what you should have when working with a designer is a suite of logos. Mm. So they would design one, for example, that is a horizontal or they might design one that's a stacked logo or they may have one that's, you know, a round emblems type logo. They've all got the same elements and the same feel and those same colours again, but you can use them in different applications. That might be, you know, if you've got a round stamp sort of one, you might use it as a watermark over the corner of one of your graphics rather than, you know, a logo always being centred in full colour. You should have different colours. So I would say when we design logos for our clients as part of their brand kits, that they would get at least five different orientations, especially if that brand has got several words. If you've got three or more words in your logo, you've got more freedom. People think, you know, oh, my gosh, that will be such a big logo, but actually you can stack it or, you know, you could curve the text. doesn't work for everything or every brand, but we definitely come up with several options and then in that brand guidelines show them where they should use those. So the more, the merrier, as long as they're used in the right applications. That is so great. And like I said, guys, this is, you're getting 20 years of design experience in your earbuds right now. I'm so excited that you've been here with us listening to this. Hopefully we've ignited some thoughts or some, hmm, I need to get that too in my business. Or we've given you just some food for thought. Annette and I have become close because we are working closely together for the Better Marketing with Bella program. Annette is actually the designer that we have hired for Better Marketing with Bella semester one, 2020. So all of this amazing experience that you know she's just dumped out on us on, over the airwaves is what is going to be behind the incredible graphics that are really being stepped up this semester. I'm very, very excited and proud to show you guys them. All of the elements that she just talked about are in there. And for the lowest price ever in the program, we are going to be offering it to you. So I want you guys to consider going to jumpconsulting.net forward slash Bella dash marketing. The way that we're doing this is that the people who are currently in the program get to re-up their contract. Then we know how many spaces we have left. The next people we offer that to are the people that are on that wait list. So you want to go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash Bella dash marketing. And then, and only then it will get opened up to the public. Oftentimes, Annette, we actually haven't had to open it up to the public because our wait lists are always so long. So I'm really excited about that. If you're first hearing about Better Marketing with Bella, everyone, it is where we give you graphics and Instagram stories and captions and GIFs and emails and cover videos and square videos and content calendars. And I'm probably missing a couple of things, but it is incredible and you can't get it anywhere else in the 
industry. So I really hope that Annette ignited you and inspired you and gave you some thinking and realized that, wow, I kind of do need a professional on my side without maybe the, how much are professional designers an hour, Annette? They can range in speaking in Australian dollars here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Designers can range from anywhere from about eighty dollars an hour to two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Wow. So yeah. That's probably yeah, from the cheaper end that would probably be, you know, around fifty dollars US through to two hundred-ish. Obviously, you know, the greater the hourly rate, the more efficient they normally are anyway, and that experience will show. But you can get a pretty good brand within a couple of thousand dollars I would say both in our dollar and yours and that's an investment that will reward you time and time again really you know you can mess around with trying to create logos and I would say that you'll then want to redo that in six months as you look back and say I'm not quite happy or it's not working here I don't have this type of logo orientation and I can't use it here Whereas a graphic designer will think about all of those scenarios for you and develop them for you and discuss with you, you know, really see where you need to be doing those things. Yeah. And you know what I noticed is that the cheaper the designer, it's not always bad. Like if you know exactly what you want, you can get a really cheap designer if if you know what you want. But if you need them to do the creative process of it, if they need to know what questions to ask you, if they need to have quick return time and and they can adapt to your instructions or pull out of your head what they need from you, if they can extract that, that's where the price starts going up. But I do want to let you guys know that the graphics that are in Better Marketing with Bella, what we do is we create them 10 for each month. And then what we do is we put your color your logo and your font on it. So that brand guide that we were talking about, or those colors that you use, we were talking about, you get all of this stuff right back to you every single month. It's like, I'm going to quote one of our program users. They say it's like Christmas when they get their Google drive folder. So if you're interested, again, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash Bella dash marketing. Annette, thank you so much for your time to be on the show here. I know it was a little difficult to arrange because we are literally like opposite time schedules, but we really appreciate having you here. And thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed it. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, The best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.